thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. You can't be right with a master if you're wrong with a pastor. Amen. I want to say that again. You can't be right with the master if you're wrong with the pastor. Amen. I don't want to ever be wrong with the pastor. He's God's. Let me say this. The greatest gift God ever gave you besides the baptism of the Holy Ghost is your pastor. Amen. That's right. It's your pastor. You, you can't be saved without a whether I minister in your life, amen. But God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, sometimes I've heard that quoted, save them that are lost. That's not the way that scripture goes. Save them that believe, amen. I'm glad I'm a believer today. I said, I'm glad I'm a believer. Thank the Lord. And Sister Stanley, we were going to ask her to come this morning and sing for us. Amen. She's my favorite singer. And, uh, let me get over here and help her. Amen. That's right. Everybody say, Lord bless her. Such an honor to be here today. And uh, we came in last night and we had the privilege to go to Brother Trent, Pastor Trent's house and Callie's house. It was beautiful. And we felt right at home. Such a, She just opened her arms, and she's a good little cook. I'm telling you, she's a good, and a real good decorator. <laughs> it was just beautiful. And whoever the lady is, if you are here, that made the gift basket, it was unbelievable. Don't put this on the radio. I mean, on Facebook. <laughs> I think we get the biggest gift basket here than we ever get, and I never saw so much junk in all my life. Usually in the gift baskets, you get water and cookies and, and, and a few little nuts. I'm telling you, I had Christmas last night. <laughs> I'm loving this gift basket. And then she gets up here this morning and brings me a, a piece of chocolate, y'all. be high on the hog tonight. <laughs> but we're so pleased to be here. I just, I love brother, the elder brother and sister. I, I wish I was sweet like her. Isn't she the sweetest lady in the world? I love it because she's very personable. She's very friendly. I love to read anything on Facebook that she puts because it is such an inspiration. Y'all worship the Lord. We're living in a time when we are thankful. This is the t- season to be thankful. And I want to sing a song about being thankful today. Y'all worship as I sing. Sweet rose of Sharon, the lily that grows by the way. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. 
Light out of darkness, bright star that shines in the day. <laughs> Sun everlasting that gave this old life a fresh start. Yes, he did. Treasure of treasures, my life, such a pleasure since he gave my life a new start. Into my heart he came, swept me right off of my feet. Oh, yes, he did. In fact, when he found me, I fell right down on my knees. My tears ran like rivers when his spirit rushed into my heart. (laughs) Now my lips ring with laughter, happy ever after. He gave my life a new star. Isn't that the way you feel about the Lord? Oh, God. Mansions of splendor with high walls and gates opened wide. And no more to sorrow. Those tears he's going to drive from your eyes. It's a storybook ending where none of our dreams fall apart. I'm in love with the master at peace ever after since he gave my life a new start. Into my heart he came. He swept me right off of my feet. Oh, is that the way he feel? <laughs> In fact, when he found me, I fell right down on my knees. My tears ran like rivers when his spirit rushed into my heart. Now my lips ring with laughter, happy ever after, since he gave my life a new start. I'm in love with the master, at peace ever after, since he gave my life a new start. Let's worship him today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad He gave your life a new start? Aren't you glad He gave you new life? Amen. This is not turning over a new leaf. This is beginning a brand new life. Aren't you glad He found you one day? Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house this morning. No telling what God's going to do before we leave here today. Jesus is in the house. And I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Can anybody get excited about Jesus being here today? 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I found Jesus. No, you didn't find him. He wasn't lost. Amen. He found you. He chased you. He dealt with you. No man can come unto the Father except the Spirit draw him. The reason you're here is because his Spirit reached out and found you one day and drew you. Hallelujah. And that same Spirit I feel in this sanctuary this morning. Holy Ghost is here to minister. Holy Ghost is here to touch somebody's life today. Amen. I'm glad for what I feel in this place is enough power to save the entire world. Amen. And if it can do that, it can touch every heart in this building today. Whether you've had the Holy Ghost for 50 years or for 50 minutes, or whether you've never had the Holy Ghost, Jesus is in the house to minister to your need today. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand together in honor of the word of the Lord. And I tell you, tonight's going to be a great night. And you do not want to miss tonight's service. I feel especially that God's got something special for us here in this service tonight. So tell everybody you can. Tell those that did not make it this morning that it's not Thanksgiving yet. Amen. It's church tonight. Praise the Lord. We'll celebrate Thanksgiving this next week, and uh, y'all schedule this coming week is like ours in Dallas. We dismiss midweek service. I tried years ago to change it to Tuesday night, and we did that for a while, but uh, I found out that uh, people were cooking and preparing on Tuesday night, and I decided if they was going to stay home, I was going to stay home with them. Praise God. So we just dismissed all services. Thank the Lord. You know, some people gripe, you know, if you dismiss a service, but uh, they get to lay out any time they want to. That's right. Had a lady griping about because we dismissed a service one time. Amen. I got to looking around and figuring her attendance, she missed a whole lot more than I did. Praise the Lord. Amen. Can you shout praise the Lord? Thank God. And Jesus is going to talk to us this morning. Through his word. How many believe this, this thus saith the word of God? Praise God. And I want God to talk to us today. I feel like God's going to do a special work here this morning. I feel like God's going to touch somebody's life. I did not ask him how long I had, but my wife always uh, tells me that I preach too long. Amen. But I always tell her the Bible says... To obey them that have the rule over you. And wives, submit to your husbands. Praise God. Thank God. All right. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Amen. Luke chapter 5. Then I'm going to follow that with Matthew chapter 11. Luke chapter 5. And then I'm going to follow that with Matthew chapter I tell you what, yeah, I'll do it that way. So I imagine the overhead man's got Luke 5 first. So we'll re- read Matthew 11 second. Luke chapter 5 verse 27. And after these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. And he said unto him, 
follow me. And I like the next four words in the verse 28. And he left all. Jesus said, follow me. He left everything and followed the Lord. He left his past life. Amen. He rose up. He followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. There was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. But the scribes and the Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Jesus answered and said unto him, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Verse 31, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Or in other words, people that have it all together and don't feel like they need anything, amen, I can't help them. But I come to find those that need me. Amen. I come to find those that need me. Let's look at verse number 19 of Matthew 11. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Everybody say, a friend of publicans and sinners. Aren't you glad that he's your friend today? Amen. I want to use for our subject this morning just a simple title, God's Divine Law of Attraction. God's Divine Law of Attraction. Bishop, if you would, pray over us. Elder Brother Smith, amen. Say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. God's divine law of attraction. What gets God's attention? What is the thing that God is really looking for today in this service? What attracts God? What is God most interested in this morning? You know, I think as human and finite beings that we don't really know what really excites God. Some thinks praise and worship coming to church attracts God. And I will agree with you on that. I believe that. In fact, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He loves praise. He loves worship. And I believe that that excites God. But I'm also a firm believer that there's something even greater than that that really attracts God. And I think I have the answer. 
Because God has given us the understanding of the divine law of attraction. God's divine law of attraction. God, what is it that really excites you and that you are attracted to? And I'm not going to leave you hanging here this morning and wondering uh, what it is because I'm going to tell you right in the front of this message today that what really excites God is needs that people have from Him. God is attracted to a need today. Amen. That's, that's what gets Him excited. We have met here this morning on off, uh, Odd Fellow Road, I believe it is. Amen. At the first Pentecostal church. And he looks across this congregation and he sees that there are people here today. And I can guarantee you one thing, that among this group of people, there are people here today that need something from him. Amen. If nothing else, God, I need a blessing from you. I need a touch from you today. I don't need to walk out here the same way I came in here. Amen. And I believe that God is attracted to needs. And that's why when he answered the question the way that he did in our text, why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus said, I'll tell you why. They that are whole need not a physician. But I'm looking for somebody that's sick. I'm looking for somebody that needs me today to minister to them. That's what excites God. Amen. In fact, when the rich young ruler came to the Lord and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know what Jesus told him? He, he said, uh, he said, uh, go and get rid of everything that you've got. Obey the commandments. He said, Lord, I did all of that. He said, then go get rid of everything you got and give it to the poor. In other words, you go empty yourself out and then come back to me. Amen. I can't deal with full. I'm looking for empty. Amen. I can't deal with those that don't need me. I want to find somebody that needs me. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, he was attracted to the publicans and the sinners. Matthew 11 said he was a friend of publicans and sinners. Why? Because they have a need. People that do not need me, I'm not interested in trying to touch their lives. Amen. But I'm trying to find somebody that has a need. Somebody may disagree this morning. Some may say God is attracted to faith. But I'm here to tell you today, you must have a need before faith can be exercised. A need precedes faith. God is drawn to needs. Let there be needs in the house and God will show up. Amen. He's not drawn to gifted people. He's not drawn to complexes and buildings and choirs and music and preachers that doesn't impress God but what does impress God is people that has a need in their life 
Amen. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 3 through 5, if they can put that over the overhead for me. He said, art thou he that should come or do we look for another? You got to understand that John the Baptist is in prison and John is looking at the striped sunshine. He's behind bars and he feels like his head's about to go to the chopping block, which it was. Amen. And he was down. He was sad. He was depressed. He was discouraged. And he got to figure it out. Is this really the Messiah? Art thou the one that should come? Or do we look for another? And oh, I like the answer that Jesus gave him. The Bible says in the next verse, the blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The leopards are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Amen. He didn't say, yeah, go go tell him I'm the Messiah. No. You know, I'm going to tell you what impresses God. This is what impresses God. That the blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The leopards are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel. That's what impresses God. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, that's what God says. Hey, give me the sick. Give me the hurting. Give me those that are down. Give me those that are discouraged. I want to touch somebody this morning. Amen. I'm drawn to one thing. If I can find a need, I'll show up. If I can find a need, I'm looking for a need this morning. Amen. His mission was to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 4, verse 17 and verse 18, gives us his mission statement. Every church has a mission statement. This church has a, what is a mission statement? It's the purpose that we exist. It's why we're here. This is our mission. Amen. His mission statement is found in Luke chapter 4 and verse 17. And there was delivered to him the book of the prophet says. When he opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captive, recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Ladies and gentlemen, if that was his mission statement over 2,000 years ago, when he walked upon this earth, I've got new good news to bring to you today. That's his mission statement in 2019. Amen. In November of 2019, that is still his mission statement. To minister to touch lives, to help people today. He's walking these aisles. He's trying to find somebody that has a need in their life. Somebody that needs a miracle today. Somebody that's hurting, that needs healing. Maybe your family is dysfunctional. You're going through a financial crisis. I'm looking for the drug addict. I'm looking for the alcoholic. I'm looking for somebody today that needs me. Does anybody in the house need Jesus today? Oh, 
I say, God, what can we do to get you to show up? And you know what God says? Bring me the hurting. Bring me the messed up. Bring me the dysfunctional. Bring me the sick, the trouble, the distress, the drug addict, the alcoholic, the prostitute. And God says, if you fill my house with problems, I'll fill my house with my presence. God is attracted to your need. Hallelujah. I'm trying to find somebody that wants me today. Hallelujah. Amen. He's not attracted to full. He's attracted to empty. He's not attracted to that that is fixed. He's attracted to that that is broken. Amen. He's trying to find somebody that came here today that needs healing in your body. He's trying to find somebody today that's in the midst of a storm in your dark nights and you can't see the sunshine right now he's trying to find somebody that he can deliver today and help in this situation and I'm looking and he's walking these aisles he's got a divine radar he's trying to find somebody that needs me this morning and if you don't need him he'll walk right by your pew because I come not to minister to the scribes and the Pharisees. I come to minister to those that are sick today. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to show you what I'm trying to say this morning in a biblical illustration. It's found in the, I think he's already got it up there. John chapter 4, I believe in verse 3. He left Judea. And it parted again to Galilee. Just keep that right there before we go to the next verse. The Bible says that Jesus left Judea, departed to Galilee. You biblical scholars this morning that studied the Holy Land maps, you can understand that, that Galilee is in the north. And then you can look that Judea is in the south. But between Judea and Galilee is a little country called Samaria. The Samaritans were looked down on by the Jews as just mere dogs. The scum of the earth, the dregs of society. The Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. In fact, Jesus was talking to this little Samaritan woman later on and she said, the Jews don't have any dealings with the Samaritans. And that's why they, and therefore a no Jew would not, if he was going to go from Judea to Galilee, he would not pass through Samaria. He would go across the Jordan River and go up the other side because I'm not going through Samaria. Amen. But look what Jesus does in verse number four. He must needs go through Samaria. I gotta go through Samaria. Hey, Lord, we don't go through Samaria. Hey, Lord, we don't have any dealings with the Samaritans. Hey, Lord, we gotta cross over the Jordan and go up the other side. You know, Lord, that the Jews don't deal with the Samaritans, but he said, I gotta go through Samaria. Why, Lord, do you have to go through Samaria? Because there's a little woman at Sackclaw that needs me. Somebody needs me. 
I'll cross denominational barriers. I'll cross racial barriers. I'll cross prestigious attitudes and thinking to find somebody that needs me. I'll find the dogs of this earth, the scum of this earth. I don't care who it is. I gotta find somebody that needs me. I'm looking for somebody. Jesus is looking for somebody. I must needs go through Samaria. Because there's a little woman at the well. Y'all know the Bible says it was high noon. Women don't draw water at high noon. The women of the village went early in the morning or late in the evening. Nobody drew water at high noon. Amen. But here at high noon was a little woman. Amen. That's right. Sitting at the, drawing water at high noon. Let me tell you why she was drawing water at high noon. Because it was to avoid the criticism and the gossip and the tongue wagging of all the gossiping women in the community. That's right. She didn't want to face none of that negative talk. That's right. That's why she was at high noon. But Jesus said, I got to go at high noon. How come, Lord? Why don't we go in the morning or the evening? Because a little woman at Samaria needs me. Jesus is never early and is never late. He's always on time. Amen. He always knows when to be there at the right time. Hallelujah. Brother, I'm telling you, he's not early here this morning. And he's not late here this morning. But Jesus is on time in this church today because somebody needs me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not, this is not in your Bible, but it's in Stanley 1 and 2. Amen. Let me use my imagination. I believe this morning, Brother Smith, that Jesus looked over at his angels and said, I must needs go to Conroe, Texas today. I must needs go to Conroe. Why, Lord? Why do you need to go to Conroe? Because I got to go to 1612 Othello Road. Because somebody needs me today. Hallelujah. Somebody needs me. Somebody needs a healing in their body. Somebody needs a miracle today. Hallelujah. Some of you are in a financial crisis. Jesus says, I'm here. I'm here. I'm trying to find. I'm attracted to your needs. God's divine law of attraction. I've got to go to Conroe today. I've got to go. I've got to go. Can you shout amen? Hallelujah. That's right. Oh, God. When Jesus started talking to that little woman, he said, draw me some water. And that shocked her. How you being a Jew asked me a Samaritan to draw you some water. He said, woman, he said, if you knew who it was, if you knew who it was that's talking to you, Amen. 
You wouldn't be, I wouldn't be asking you, you'd be asking me for living water. Hallelujah. If you could only comprehend who it is that's talking to you. Some of you are sitting in this pew today. If you could only comprehend the fact that the miracle worker is here, the Holy Ghost baptizer, the deliverer is here. If you could only understand, amen, Jesus wants to touch your life. He said, woman, go get your husband. She said, I don't have one. He said, you said that right. You've had five and one you shack it up with right now is not your husband. He didn't use the word shack, I did. (laughs) One you're living with now is not your husband. You know, nowadays, people don't believe in getting married, a lot of people. They just want to shack up. That little... Marriage license don't mean nothing. It meant something to the Lord. He said, if you're just living with him, you're not married. I need to go on. Hallelujah. Brother, but I'm telling you, we need, we need to understand amen, that Jesus is attracted to needs. Can you shout amen? That's right. I promise you the reason there's such a display of God's glory in this church is not because we're good praisers and good singers, which we are, and we're good worshipers. Thank God for it. But there's people, needs that have gathered here today, and God is here, and He's looking over over this audience. He's looking for a mess today. He's looking for a problem this morning. Amen. Reason some of you can come to church and never get excited and you never shout and you never worship. You just sit there is because you don't have a need. I promise you, if you would ever realize you have a need, your need will prevail you to do something. you ever have a need, you're not going to just sit there. It's going to propel you to do. People with a need does something. Hallelujah. That's right. Oh, I'm just, I've heard people say, I'm just waiting on God. God, I'm waiting on you. I'm just waiting. Their theme, I've seen their theme song is, I shall not be moved. Amen. Brother, and I'm waiting on God. Brother, I'm asking you a question. Who's waiting on who? You don't just come to church and sit on a pew like a knot on a dill pickle and just say, Lord, here I am. If you want to touch me, you'll touch me. If you want to heal me, you'll heal me. If you want to minister, God doesn't work like that. Peter, if you're going to get the tax money, you've got to go catch the fish with a golden coin. Amen. If you're going to have wine at the first marriage supper, uh, the first miracle he performed was at the marriage of Cana. If you're going to have a wine, somebody's got to fill the water pots. I said, somebody's got to fill the water pot. How many believes that he's Jesus? He's the almighty God. How many believes he could have spoke the word, water pots be filled with wine? And those water pots would have been filled with wine. How many believe he could have just spoke the word? But he don't operate like that. But that's what you and I want him to do. Here I am, God. You just touch me and I'm here. Amen. I'm waiting on you, God. My question is, who's waiting on who? I firm believer that you're not waiting. That God is waiting on you to move, to reach, to reach out and touch it. To say, God, I have a need. God is waiting on you. I said, God's waiting on you. He said, fill the water pots. 
The Bible says they filled them to the brim. I like that. All the way, Bubba. Hey, we're going to get the best wine. We want all of it we can get. We're not going to put it halfway, three-fourths way. We're going to fill her to the brim. Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody here today, I want all of God I can get. Hallelujah. There's a little song that we sang. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. You don't have much thirst if that's all you want is a cup. I'm persuaded to believe a lot of people come to church with just a cup because the first song, they got their cup full. Don't need any more. I got my cup full. That's right. That's right. Brother, here's my cup, Lord. You can fill a cup up pretty quick. That's right. Don't take much effort to fill a cup up. Too many people are lazy to get their miracle. They're too lazy to to God to touch their needs. Amen. Brother, brother, but you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open to you. That acts like that that tells me I got to do something. I can't just come to church and go through the calisthenics of a worship service. I got to do something if I need, if I get something from God. Hallelujah. That's right. Amen. So you know what I do? Let me show you what I do. When I come to church, I don't bring a cup. I bring a 55-gallon drum. I want all of you I can get God Amen And brother And if I'm going to fill that drum I'm going to have to praise him I'm going to have to worship I'm going to have to magnify his name I'm going to have to glorify him Hallelujah Brother if I'm going to fill that drum I'm telling you That little woman with the issue of blood She didn't sit by the wayside that day And wait for Jesus to come to her She said if I can just touch The hem of his garment if I could just touch him if I could just touch him it's time for some of you to get up out of your pews and say God I'm here I'm going to touch you today I'm going to touch you this morning ask and you shall receive Seeking you shall find. Knock and it shall be open. I believe that that little woman with that issue of blood could have sat by the roadside that day and let him pass on by. The miracle worker is in your midst. You need a miracle today. But I'm going to let him pass on by without crying out to him. Without pressing my way through the crowd. I am a persuader of this thinking. That Brother Smith, if she had not pressed her way through the crowd. And touched the hem of his garment that day. She would have died in her own blood. Amen. Too many come to our churches and sit on our pews. And let the miracle worker walk right by them. Amen. Let the healer walk right by you. Let the blesser walk by you. 
When's the last time you've had a blessing? When's the last time the tears streamed down your face? When's the last time you talked in tongues? When's the last time you really touched it? Oh, God. That's right. But I, but I gotta, I gotta close here in just a few minutes, but there's one last illustration that, that emphasizes what I'm trying to teach and preach today. It's found in the book of Mark, I believe it is. And that scripture in Mark, brother, if you could go over there, Mark 5, I believe it is, maybe 1 through 3, something like that. There's a scripture that I want to bring to your attention. Yes, that's it. And, uh, and let me say this. A lot of times we don't receive what we need from God. It's because we are intimidated, peer pressure. If I go up there to that front, they'll think I'm backslid. They, I'm afraid what people will think about me. I'm afraid of my image. We're afraid of all kinds of things that the devil talks to us about. If I, if I go up there today, somebody's going to think that I've been sinning or doing something wrong. It's right. But I want to tell you something. Who cares what anybody says? Did they shed their blood for you? Did they go to Calvary for you? Did they purchase your salvation? Did they suffer for you? The only matter thing that matters is Jesus is the only thing that matters in my life. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. I've got a need. I've got a need. Oh, God. Deliver us from peer pressure. We don't want anybody to see our faults. We don't want anybody to see our failures. We don't want anybody to see our imperfections. That's right. We want to put our best foot forward. We want to put, share what, show everybody our good side. That's right. I've, I, I have counseled with marriage couples that come in my office, been fighting like cats and dogs. And I had a woman said, I'm going to leave him, preacher. I'm going to leave. He's not the man that I married. I said, oh, yes, he is the man that you married. He just took his mask off. Amen. When you romanced him, he didn't show you his falls and his, his downcomings. When y'all was romancing, he didn't want you to see his imperfections. He showed his good side. Amen. But that's over with now. He's done conquered you. The real you come out. Amen. That's right. Brother, and I want to tell you something about this little man here, this little miracle right here. He entered again into the synagogue. There was a man there which had a withered hand. Everybody say a withered hand. That's right. He had a flaw. He was imperfect. Everything was not right. He had a problem. He needed a miracle. The next verse. And they watched to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him. The next verse. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. Brother, that, that's something. Out of that whole, I don't know how many people there, say 150, 200 people in that synagogue that day, he wants me to stand forth and let all these eyes see me. Amen. That's our problem sometimes. We don't want nobody to see us. We don't want them to see our flaws. 
If I stand forth, everybody in this house is going to see that I've got a withered head. Amen. And that the tendency is to cover up our withered head. To cover up our falls. Our shortcomings. I don't want nobody to see that I've got a, that I've got a fault. So I'm going to sit here today. And I'm going to cover it up. I don't want, I want anybody to, to think bad of me. But look at the next verse. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Evil say life kill, but they help their peace. The next verse. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of the heart, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. This man's got two hands. He didn't say which hand to stretch forth. He just said, stretch forth your hand. If he didn't want nobody to know he had a withered hand, he could have stretched forth his good hand. Here, yes, I stretch forth. Here's my hand, Lord. I stretch forth my hand. But he knew what Jesus was talking about. Amen. He said, when Jesus said, stretch forth thy hand, he was telling him, stretch forth your problem to me. Stretch forth your imperfections. Stretch forth your flaws. Amen. Oh, stretch forth what bothers you this morning. Amen. And I'm here to tell somebody, it don't matter what anybody thinks and says you need to come clean with God transparent with him and say God I've got some help need some help today I need some help in this service I need a miracle if I can get some music going on up here amen Hey, oh I need you to help me today God somebody shout yes hallelujah oh, stretch forth thy problem to him God God's not drawn to fool. Amen. He's looking for somebody that needs me. Does anybody need him today? Somebody in this building sick this morning. You're afflicted in your body. The miracle workers walk in these aisles right now. Amen. Some of you are in a financial problem in your life. I guarantee you God can touch your finances this morning and multiply them. Somebody's going through a storm in your life right now. There's a storm brewing in your life. But the master of every storm is on board your vessel this morning. Maybe your family's dysfunctional. Maybe you've got some problems that you don't understand how where the answers are going to come from. But I challenge you today as we stand. Everybody stand together. I challenge you today. Step out where you are and say, God, here I am. I have a need today, God. We're just everybody in this building that's got a need. You got a need from God. I want you to come right now. Everybody that has a need right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I need you. God, I need you this morning. Come on, just reach out right where you are. You that don't have a need, come on up here behind these that does and help us pray with them. Help us pray with them. Hallelujah. I'm asking these ministers to lay your hands on these people right now. God, I need you today. I need you this morning.